0: When this four meets world, four meets world. When this four meets world, four meets world. When the love is hope that we go live. What we're doing, if you know I've been to always.
1: Am I here? When this four meets world. What up, bros? Brass. and welcome to bra b12. But
0: bra b12
1: your end of the world
0: podcast yeah. <laughs> welcome back this is episode 70 i'm your boy tony Coinus, and i'm siege uh i gotta say it's uh it's looking a little cray cray out there ain't it You know what, guys, when me and Siege finished up season three, we were like, you know what? Life's been kind of crazy. There's a lot going on right now. Why don't we just take a little bit of a break, pump the gears a bit, and then come (laughs) back once we're well rested. Um, And then life was like, you know what? We're just going to shut everything down. So here's all the time to watch Boy Meets World, to record podcasts. We'll give it to you. And it's been great. This seemed
1: very much like a really good time. As we were saying, uh, I believe quite a few of our listeners uh, who are listening to this, the time it comes out, would be under lockdown due to this coronavirus, COVID-19 situation. And yep. I felt like there was no better time than t- now to reach out to our brus, our Boy the World fans, yeah. and
0: uh, just let you know that we're in there with you. And we, too, are binging. So, and it seems just like with all the craziness on the news right now, we could all use a little bit of Mr. Feeney's wisdom to tackle some of life's problems. And uh, guys, I am so excited to announce that we have made it to season four. See, I've been talking about this since we started this. I'm so pumped to dive into it and to get your thoughts on season four because it's my absolute favorite season of television
1: ever. I have to agree. I was looking at this episode and I was really, really excited. Like from the moment the new theme song drops and we got... New theme the- song. Corey running down the stairs and jumping into the car with eric i cannot tell you the smiles that i had on my face i was just like this is the boy meets world i remember this is like i am
0: just ear to ear smiles i'm so in love I think- with what's going on I think with this theme song specifically, too, this was the one that Disney used the most. I think that they had, like, the college years in this one, and they didn't do any of the other ones when they would re-air them all in like through the 2000s and things like that. So I think this theme song is more well-known to most people of Boy Meets World.
1: Absolutely, but I also, um, I just remember, like, TGI. Like, I remember, I think this is the time where I was, like, entering middle school or something, yeah. you know, so, like, my mind was just really recording these things a little bit better. Things were a little bit more crisp, and I definitely remember this theme song, um, and it was a great bit of nostalgia. And as you said, right now, we could use a little bit of nostalgia.
0: <laughs> um, It's so interesting, too, because this episode, uh, the theme song is, like, them driving, and then we cut straight to them from a road trip. As almost to say, like, hey, these boys are maturing and they're making their own decisions behind the wheel and for life almost.
1: You know how I feel about this. And I definitely feel that every season, the theme song tells us who is the most important people in Corey's life at this time. And I think this episode and the theme song itself really do showcase how we're going to be focusing more on Eric. We're going to be sh- focusing more on the teenagers and their bond um, and, and what they're going through in a way we never have before. We are, we and, are growing up.
0: And it's interesting because the, the teachers and the parents are there, but they're not there. They're Correct. kind of like these guiding figures in the, in the, Um, opening theme song and also as the season plays out we kind of see that same thing going on um let's just jump into the episode i'm super excited to talk about it Okay, you want to do
1: the tell me about it yeah yeah sure
0: (laughs) tell me about it because the world's about to
1: end i'm really proud of you this is season four episode one you can go home again During the end of last season's summer road trip, Corey agrees to a final pit stop without realizing that Eric intends to make it a permanent one because he feels there's nothing there for him to go back home to. In a B storyline, after winning a company award, Alan considers whether or not he's really happy with his current job as a supermarket
0: manager. (laughs) Which again, very relevant considering the times. It's so interesting watching him just being like, "Oh, I'm just, I'm just a grocery store man." And now I'm like, I feel like the news is putting grocery store people and doctors in the same category. I mean, they Kareem. are like it's I- crazy.
1: I've gone out a few times this week and it was always to the grocery store, you know? And like yeah. I I try to take time to talk to the people who are working at the stores and be like, "How are you doing? How's your day?" Just kind of reminding them that they're not just like tools or machines. <laughs> they're yeah. humans and they're people and they are doing a really great service. So. Um- the...
0: On a more personal note, I've I've mentioned this before, my dad in real life has the same dad as Corey's on the show in the sense that he is a manager at a grocery store. Um, So I watched this understanding like his backstory, but also with everything that's going on in spring of 2020, um, just thinking about the importance of a role that it plays in society. So it's just interesting that Alan feels taken for granted in his role or feels like it's something he settled for, when now it's this thing that all eyes are on grocery people to save the day.
1: Absolutely. And it's I I love that you say that because I want to get into this a little bit more. Uh, But before we do, let's do first thoughts because we kind of talked about this a little bit. But um, what do you think about the two storylines we got, both the A storyline and the B one? I loved it.
0: I felt like... Uh, Again, Blimey's World hitting on all cylinders. We're getting so many storylines intertwined. Eric, the way he feels about going back home. Alan, the way he feels about his uh, profession. I love how Feeney was able to teach Alan, and then Alan was able to use that to teach Eric. And there just seems to be this... um, this feeling that all the boxes were checked in this episode. Me, so. I love that you said that. Cause that's
1: literally what I said. I feel, I feel like every box was checked. Every character was used the proper way. Um, you know, like We didn't even have like an unnecessary Jonathan scene. You know what I mean? They were like, we only use who we need to use. And they're kind of using this episode to set up the rest of the season, which I thought was really great. And uh, there was only one scene that I thought was unnecessary. But I feel like it has a bigger meaning, just one that went over my head. And that is the one with Dick Van Patten as the Amish farmer. Did you know where that was from? That
0: farmhouse there. Yeah. No. Okay. But what I noticed was that this season, it seems like they're intentionally throwing in more just gags. Like Corey at the Sprinkle Parade without black (laughs) bottles. There's no purpose for that other than for it to be a joke. I think the Amish guy is the same thing. And it just feels like they're having more fun fun with this, you know, old guy eating pie. I was three hours from home kind of humor. That did make me laugh. It did. It made me laugh. I thought it was really well done. So I, I, I think there was just to offset some of the heavier ideas, they were trying to throw in some humor. It is heavier. I was like, we are dealing with some kind of really big ideas here. More so with Alan, I think, than Eric, just because he is like questioning his entire life choices. In well,
1: a way Alan's that. going through like a midlife crisis, but Eric's also going through like a, a fifth life crisis. You know what I mean? Like he is, he's like, there's nothing for me back home. And I think yeah. there's a really big idea behind that right now of what, what service am I bringing? What, what do I have if I don't have this college education? And if I don't have this kind of cultural status you know
0: it's also this idea that you know eric is feeling like he is left behind and we're going to kind of feel that even in the next episode but i just thought it was really interesting that he thought i'm going to be a small fish in a a big fish in a small pond and that will make me feel better
1: oh my god i have so many thoughts about that because the mere idea i feel like we're also kind of getting into what we have noted before Boy Meets World's class issue, because there seems to be a very big statement being about said here folk? about country folk, and mind you, we're only forty minutes outside of the city. Yeah. Uh, actually, what is it? Three hours, but forty. Three months. hours.
0: So yeah, it was, yeah. It was, it was, you weren't far.
1: Exactly, and I was like, "We're not that far," but they they are definitely making it a us versus them, and both Corey and Alan have this judgment of the. Pottsville townsfolk.
0: It's it's interesting because obviously it comes both comes down to this idea of settling. Like Eric settling for what he feels like is the best he can get, and Alan settling for what's available at the moment. And I love that Alan learning his like revelation then led to eric having his revelation it wasn't these two separate storylines with these two different bows on it it was one bow that we tied around both
1: absolutely okay so that all leads us to the city of what is it Pottstown, and uh which by the way is a real place i found out it's really, really? It, is, it really is 40 months mu- 40 miles outside of Philadelphia. Um, I don't know if they are known for their <laughs> yogurt cup, but I do know that they're real. <laughs> and uh that brings us to our roll call and the the people who live within. Yeah, yeah. Uh
0: so who uh, what characters do we run into in this episode?
1: Yes, we get um Irene, who is our Irene, waitress. Irene,
0: the insecure waitress. The no one's ever told me I was pretty before. Oh my! Who is this God. woman? I had like we. Know I thought how- maybe you found someone more interesting and ran away. Yes,
1: I was what? like we are saying a lot about Irene. Not only is she insecure, the
0: hug from her dad. She
1: has been dating nothing but fuckboys. Apparently, the mere fact that Eric's still there after their date makes her like, oh, I thought you would have left
0: already. It's like, what is going on? with this girl funny that they assume that because he's from the city he's educated he has all these options and it says
1: you talk the way you talk makes me think you're smart which again it's like there's something like you would think they are in like a third world country and eric's like (laughs) eric's using big words and they're just like oh you're so educated it's it's pretty crazy
0: and also, <laughs> not to shit on Eric's idea, but Eric was like, hey, you could save your talent just by putting up a bunch of marketing for your, <laughs> your pie. And in my mind, just being into marketing, I'm like, it doesn't seem like they have the budget for something like that, Eric. It feels like they're way past the point of signs at this point. but. They thought of it as, like, the most brilliant
1: idea they've ever heard. No, I thought it's important because it does show something we know, which is that Eric does have skills. They're just ones that aren't immediately rewarded. You know what I mean? Like, Eric doesn't have the patience for school, so to speak. So because of that, he's dismissed. But I do think that Eric being able to look at the real world and be like, you know, I saw all of these signs in different places and and noting the power of marketing and how it got him to want to try it, you know, the the chili or whatever, and and using that to kind of promote what makes this town special. I do think that there's something there. I do think that it's to illustrate that Eric has more going for him than he understands and it's valued by people who don't see Eric in the same way that I'll say even his town sees Eric. All right. As you were saying, like kind of big fish, small pond. Um, but I, I do also think that there is merit to not limiting yourself to being just that big fish in a small pond.
0: Have you ever seen the Jim Carrey movie called The Majestic, in which she wakes up with asthma in this town that everyone recognizes him as someone else, and he just leans into it? No. Okay, it's one of Jim Carrey's like, more dramatic works. I have but, a question. Um,
1: you said yeah. asthma. Did you mean amnesia?
0: amnesia until then, yes. <laughs> I was like, he woke up with asthma say, just telling our listeners i am currently on pain medication from a surgery i had a week ago if i'm a little wonky i apologize yes he had amnesia in the movie and he wakes up in this town and they think he's someone else and everyone is just talking about like how great you know you are in this town and how much you mean to it and he starts thinking oh i think i'm just gonna be this guy because everyone loves him and it just reminded me so much of of Eric coming into this town and just getting all these accolades from people who really don't know who he is. They're assuming that he's smart without his intelligence being tested. They're assuming that he's going to be super successful without him actually achieving anything. Um, So I think to him, it's kind of like a boost, but I think Alec points out pretty articulately that it's a false boost because it's not going to actually push him to achieve anything.
1: Yeah, I think, well, like, from the very beginning, Corey says, you didn't find happiness, you just pulled off the road. And And I, you know, it's a little cheesy but it's also very apt it's like you didn't it's not like you achieved something or even that like by being here you will have and and being a a member of this community is going to bring you happiness it's kind of like you're afraid to confront real life and if you continue to do that you will never really achieve anything
0: I love the imagery with the road. Oh, we just pulled off on the side of the road. Maybe this is my exit. Like, is this a exit or the exit? Yeah. And like, it's just an interesting, the way they worded it, that was really great. I want to ask you, what did you think about Corey in this episode? Him? Like, I'm so excited to go back. Everything reminds me. It's a pain of this, a pain of that. And Eric just being like, yo, it must be nice.
1: Well, I do think I was going to say, I wrote, I made a note that it's, Weird, we have a little moment here where we show Eric and Corey being their true selfish selves, you know, not really being the brothers that we know them for. And there's that idea where Eric's like, Well, you're just gonna have to take the bus home. And I was like, that's kind of rude. But then for Corey to be like, actually, I'm just gonna take the car. I was like, Well, that's even worse because that's Eric's car. So it's like neither of you are being good, neither of you are being considerate, and neither of you are taking the time to really like think oh, this person's going through something. Like, I do feel like this would have been a great moment for Corey to step up and been like, clearly Eric's going through something, and I'm calling Dad here so he can kind of talk some sense into Eric. But it really is just framed as Corey called Alan to pick him up.
0: Yeah. I mean, I I, I don't know. I feel like... Corey was more concerned about him, but I think in the back of his mind, he knew that he couldn't go home without his brother. I I don't think it would have been acceptable from his parents for him not to for him not to come uh, bring his brother back home. So I think that was one of the things that kind of led to his decision. But it just happened to be this great coinky thing that alan just happened to be going through some similar shit that he was able to talk to eric about
1: yeah all right so before we uh head over to alan's storyline which i do love i do want to talk about the other people in Pottstown, or potty oh, yeah. or whatever <laughs> which yeah, is just, just i mean there's not a lot we get um matt landers and charles nolan as garrett and graham which are just like the two other people and then we get phil Leeds, who plays pie man who is phil <laughs> Uh, who was only three hours away from home?
0: Uh, but I love the joke they have. Where, uh, obviously, the old man has that I was only three hours away from home joke. But I love the country folks that are just like, Eric's like, this pie's delicious. What kind of pie is it? And they go, it's pie. <laughs> yeah.
1: <laughs> Garrett and Graham. But this is what he was talking about. Like, th- Boy Meets World makes them seem so stupid. Like, it's, it'd yeah. be different if they were like Salt or the Earth or they were individuals who were, like, very content in their life, but they seem to be... They
0: very kind and welcoming, I will say that.
1: Yeah, but they also seem to not have any intelligence or any it's not like they chose this life it's like they they themselves have settled and don't want more like they don't want more education they don't want more than what this town has to offer um it's
0: almost like a preview of what will happen to eric if he himself settles
1: yeah it's it seems like it's supposed to be a cautionary almost twilight zone town Uh, That just sucks you in and you can't get out as opposed to these people who live here and love their town, but maybe Eric has more potential.
0: I thought it was really interesting that what their town was famous for was like the world's biggest yogurt cup. And then uh, later on, Eric's like, yeah, I want to take my girlfriend to this other city because they have something really special there. And Corey's like, what do they have? And the girl's like, the world's biggest yogurt cup. And yeah, <laughs> Corey's like, wait a minute. And <laughs> let me know that what the thing that was special about whatever town they were in wasn't really that special. It's like someplace being like, Oh, we have really good ice cream, but it's just like a mom and pop ice cream shop. Like it's special to that community, but there's nothing that really makes that significant compared to everywhere else. He could have stopped along the way on their, this road trip.
1: Yeah, I agree. I absolutely agree. Um, so let's talk about Alan's midlife crisis here.
0: I think this is super interesting. I think that this is a return to some of the better things that we liked about season one, getting Mm -hmm. the family involved. I love that Alan and Amy kind of have the storyline almost on their own. This is, I think, the first time in a while that we've seen them kind of figure some stuff out. Um, I love that, you know, this whole who, what you do is who you are. Or like what you do for a living is what you are, but not who you are. However they quoted that, I love it. And I think that was such like a cool way to um, wrap up the show by Alan realizing that most of what he is is a good father and husband.
1: Absolutely. So it was interesting to me because, first of all, right off the bat, Alan is very ir- irritable. He seems to be very irritable. I mean, and he's treating—he's even like treating Sean. I don't know. We kind of go back and forth with how Alan feels about Corey's friends because at one moment. Sean is like he seems to understand Sean's plight and want to be there for him and be the surrogate family. But in another moment, he's very much like, I don't want my son's friend who I know lives in a less fortunate neighborhood and environment and who is telling me that he doesn't have clean water to bathe in, in my house. So, you know, it just also like-
0: a, a, Sean also has a great joke where he talks about him and his dad. Eating the free samples, and Alan's like, <laughs> You eating cheese and turkey with your own toothpicks <laughs> is not free samples. And what, what I like about that is that we kind of, the start of get a hint that Sarah's not been getting along pretty well over the stuff. Yeah, this is what I'm talking about. Like, I, Just I'm that one line.
1: Yeah. Yeah. For me, this is what I mean. It feels like Alan should be celebrating these things, and instead, he's painted as just like this old crotchety man. And I was like, Alan does seem more irritable than even the adult we usually know.
0: So I don't know. I feel like there has to be so much love between Sean and Alan for Sean just to come over and be like, Hey guys, I'm going to take a hot bath. (laughs) Again, I (laughs) think it's not here yet. I think it says a a
1: lot that Sean completely ignored the warning and then still took
0: the bath. You know what I mean? (laughs) As we remember from the monkeys episode last season, Alan upgraded their bath to a jacuzzi, so I understand Sean's temptation yeah, for what to put right. back in. And I love the, um, you're wearing my robe. Hey, I'm naked under here. Yeah. 15-year-old says he's naked. The crowd cheers.
1: Oh, because oh, wait, wait, wait. we went a little ahead, but I have no problem doing that right now. We are definitely in a, an older season. The teens are all starting to look like they're older. I was like both Topanga and Topanga and Sean and even Corey, they clearly look older than they
0: ever looked in They definitely, like, pass as teenagers, not kids anymore. Like, there's no distinction. Like, it's not even close. Absolutely.
1: And then it's really funny considering, um, like, you're right, the the crowd woos, but like, he looks old enough to where wooing seems acceptable.
0: Yeah. It's kind of like this, like, I don't know if this is cool or not. Thing, but well, let's just go with it.
1: Yeah, absolutely. Um, but with Alan, one of the things that you were brought up that him him going through this whole thing and questioning whether or not he should, uh, whether or not he had settled or he's done anything. First of all, I don't like how he starts it off, which is like, I blame you. Like he, like, he doesn't say, hey, I'm questioning yeah, He immediately, blames, he immediately like, blames Amy.
0: <laughs> if I didn't have this wife or these stupid kids to feed, I would never have had to do this job, which is just the best attitude to have towards your life choices.
1: Yeah, he goes, <laughs> I was a bad boy who just didn't have the sense to leave. And I was like, that's your problem. You Did he are... say bad
0: boy or bag boy? He said bad boy. Oh, I heard bag boy. Okay, oh, okay. Asian.
1: You're right. You're right. I mean – I wonder if it's bad boy or bad boy. I would love to like someone look at the
0: um uh, close caption. I mean, he didn't play in the band at that, that in his day. So I wouldn't shock me if he was a bad boy.
1: See, I saw bad boy because that's that's who Alan sees himself as. He sees oh, himself no. as someone who was like this wild child who just got roped in. And like that that to me felt the narrative, but you're right. If it's just like I was a bad boy who never left that also aligns with where we were going with this.
0: I always thought it was interesting that Alan and, like, Turner didn't hang out more and just, like, throw out about being former bad boys. Yes! You're right, that would be totally a good narrative. Like, with their leather jackets, just, like, working (laughs) on the Harley, just talking about just, like, all what they have to do for the people in their life. Like, that just seems like their M.O. I think they can't be that different in age.
1: I wonder if, he says he's 42, and I don't think that they are that different in age, but... Especially he's closer to age with Turner than he is with Feeney, but we still get Alan and Feeney moments way more than we get Alan and Turner moments. percent um, But that brings us to Feeney, who I was going to bring up. And I wanted to bring this up because it's very, when Feeney enters the picture, and first of all, with Alan, we see him go past the fence you know what i mean it's like he's usually on the other side of the fence and he stays in his space and he's there to give offer advice but kind of stay in his own lane with alan he understood the importance of coming over and and kind of being there and also i was like alan doesn't we forget most tv dads we think of or we know they have a family Alan does not have a father figure. So for Feeney to be there and listen and give him fatherly advice and Alan to take it so seriously, I really thought was special.
0: Well, it's interesting, too, because like Alan tries to start the conversation with Feeney like, oh, man, our jobs suck, right? Doesn't it (laughs) suck to just have to work all the time? Um, but it's it's interesting that Feeny's like, oh, I could very easily complain about all this stuff. But the truth is that I like to do it, and even if the kids weren't into it, like it's something I just like to do for me, and it's fun. And you know, Alan's like, well, what happens when it's not fun anymore? Which I think is a, a question that as millennials who only stick at a job for like two years at a time is is something that we can kind of relate to well yeah also i want to i think as a millennial who is currently
1: looking for a job it's also important to note that we don't always get to stay past two years you know what i mean it's like jobs jobs don't necessarily want to promote you um or do the things that we are used to we are in a different job industry but either way i think it's accurate
0: and now it's part of that old school, I'm going to stick with the job for 50 years and get a pension thing. Like, yeah, yeah I, don't, I don't I don't think these jobs exist anymore.
1: Yeah, he was living with this for, living at this job for 20 years, I think they
0: say? Yeah, twenty thirty 30 years, something like that. Yeah.
1: And I think that's really important to note that he is kind of rightfully taking this time to reassess things. Uh, but I think it's also important that he spoke to someone like feeney um, who has been in a career even longer and kind of asked him advice and feeney was like look it's still it's still fun for me and if it's not fun for you then maybe you should consider something else
0: I just think it's cool that they really decided to choose this as a central storyline for the season, because I feel like as a father to change his career, they're really exploring, like, the insecurities of just, like, being able to provide for your family, and, like, it's just a very vulnerable position to put the father figure in, in the sitcom, and the fact that they choose that is, is super interesting to me, that, like, it's... it's you know, having him take a risk for something, having him choose something for himself and his character that would, you know, enrich it in in a way that I think we kind of see with Amy later on when she decides to go back to school. Um, I just I just like the parents flushing out and becoming more involved in, in the kids' world as well.
1: Yeah, I'm definitely interested to see where we go with this, uh, for Amy because what I don't like between this episode and the next is Amy is just kind of again a supporting character and i mean that in the sense that she is supporting alan Um, and i think in the next episode she supports eric and amy is supportive but not really giving her time to shine and i really want to see them do something different because we are getting the male characters who are allowed to question their their lot in life
0: you know what? I will say that I don't really recall season four doing a lot with Amy, but I do think there is tons going on with Topanga this season, which I think will fill some of that void. I
1: uh, cannot wait to talk about that because <laughs> I have opinions and I don't think everyone's going to like them. But
0: anyway. Oh, wow. Okay. Yeah, okay. yeah, yeah, yeah. I think of that. Um, any other notes? I just thought, you know, this episode ended from a script perspective, like, you know, Eric being like, Corey, how do you know? Because he's bad. Alan saying, yeah, that's mostly what I am. I just thought that was a perfect way to end this episode. And I just, I really enjoyed it. I don't think there was one thing about this episode I disliked.
1: Yeah, I agree. I uh, I was very, very much someone who was like, I think that, because that's, what did he say? Alan said something along the lines of, that's mostly what I am. He realizes, as you pointed out, that his job is just part of who he is. Um, and he's done way more successful things than than that, um, even if he doesn't think so. So
0: totally. totally.
1: I really imp- I appreciated that. Um, I also like the epilogue because that was also a good way of setting up kind of these new dynamics. you know, We had the Eric and Allen situation earlier. But what is really interesting is this idea of Corey, Sean, and Topanga, and Topanga Mm -hmm. really rising to the role of being equal in the storylines as Corey and Sean. And I kind of felt like it was a good way of seeing Corey and I mean, seeing Sean and Topanga wait for Corey to come home, and Topanga being like, he's totally gonna come and kiss me and Sean being like no I'm his best friend we have this dynamic we're going to be the main thing and then they really do have Corey live this balance where it's like he of course hugs I'm oh, sorry he says hi to Sean first but goes and kisses Topanga and then he has the same conversation that Sean wants him to have while still making out with Topanga and it's, it's just showing that their friendship is still equal, even though Topinga's now in the picture.
0: I, I don't know, bro. I have an opinion about this that I think is going to be fairly unpopular. Okay, I okay. Think seeing Corey, like, audio tape his entire vacation about how everything reminds him of Topanga, I think is making me kind of take a second look at their relationship in this season, wondering if Topanga strips Corey of all of his personality. And I think, I don't know that I'm proven wrong there. Oh, well, no. Here's the thing. I do not disagree with that.
1: I think the I am not as much of a fan of the Cory Topanga pairing as I think we were as kids.
0: <laughs> yeah, because I think I just thought he was a cool, interesting kid when he was just figuring things out in the first season, and I just want to see what that kid's up to, not what you know the other half of Topanga is up to.
1: I agree, but I I all my point was that they kind of show them the three of them on equal footing, you know, sure, like, sure. they literally do make it a point to say that Corey's not going to abandon Sean and he's not going to ignore his girlfriend either. It's a Harry Hermione Ron. setup. Absolutely. And that's what we're doing moving forward. Yeah,
0: uh, so yeah. Okay. Oh, what grade did you get this episode?
1: I am giving this a B.
0: A B. Okay. I'm giving
1: right. it a B because we had scenes like the, farmhouse over there bit which just could have been removed uh we have a little bit of dialogue that is unnecessary and could be trimmed and also as you said i feel like either giving amy more to do or bringing turner into it as like a friend would have been nice but ultimately i was very very pleased with this episode and it was a great bit of nostalgia
0: I, um, I'm giving this episode an egg. because I think it was a perfect script. Um, <laughs> did you have a feeny lessons. You have a bro moment.
1: I just had a point where Eric was talking about the small town and he goes, they made me feel important. And I thought that that yeah. was really important about totally. not only what Alan's going through, which is not feeling like he's made the right choices, but the way that you can be dissuaded from your true path from just the need to feel important and how vital that is. And I think that kind of tying into that, my Feeney lesson is Feeney does what he does because he loves it. And if it's no longer serving you, then maybe it's all right to question and, and change things. You're not stuck to the path that you were on just because you were on it.
0: Totally. Uh, I, I will say that my female lesson um, is, is not so different, but it's what Alan says to Eric when they're in the, the diner, which is um, that's it, Eric, you're you're settling, and you're going to realize that all you've done is settle, and you're not going to be happy with yourself. I thought Ooh. that was kind of the whole episode in a, in a single line, so I just thought that was great.
1: Yeah, I don't know. I think it's weird because they try to make it very clear that Alan settled career-wise. But I think with him saying things like, I blame you to Amy, and like all this other stuff, it is kind of implied that Alan feels like he settled in general. Mm -hmm. And I'm like, I don't know if that's a lesson
0: that i agree with I don't You know, know what i, I mean i could kind of took that as him saying it in jest like he was just kind of joking around with her but i guess we'll see that the, the season plays out because we're diving into this new job storyline for him it's not going anywhere of
1: course we're, we're everyone's looking for a job which again feels very relevant the year of our lord 2020. 2020 absolutely okay um also final thing I do love pie, and looking at even the prop pie made me be like, I want some of that pie. <laughs> I want some of that pie. What
0: kind of pie? I want pie. Um, yeah, so you exactly. Have homework before we let these people go?
1: I do have homework. So I, like many people, have been home binging all of the things, and um, I watched the Hillary Mini docu series oh, on Hulu, on Hulu you like it? and I I did like it. I'm not gonna lie. There, are, depending on where you fall in the political spectrum, it can get a little propaganda at times. It's clearly made uh, in the light of being pro Hillary, but I sure. think just in general, it's important to see the contribution she has made to the world, to America, oh, and man. for women. I think it is insane to think about what she had to put up with it just like like this is before her own political career but just looking at like where she came from and how she influenced the american political game um and i just thought it was very very inspiring and also it's a little bit of a wishful thinking sure, kind of sure, what sure. could have been thing seeing something like this during a crisis such as corona quarantine so uh i suggest everyone go see that and also so beautiful
0: segue into my homework i just want to say because uh, i've been watching walking dead i'm trying to get tips i'm trying to survive <laughs> i'm dead serious we started with season one The show is great. I feel like I have a perfect roadmap for how to handle this life. I'm ready for it.
1: I'm loving it because I cannot think of anything more you and I. I watched a political documentary and you were like walking
0: dead. (laughs) I gotta learn. I gotta learn. I love it. All oh, right. Uh, is that everything? I think that's it, guys. We want to thank you for uh, sticking with us as we are entering this quarantine podcasting. Um, if you guys have any uh, thoughts or comments you want to share with us, share with us on um, all of our social media. Um, stay safe, wash your hands. What am I forgetting, CJ? Uh
1: Yeah, just make sure that you leave us a rating. You can also message us at bra meets world at gmail.com or reach out to us at bra meets world um, on Twitter Facebook, Instagram, all the places you can find me on Twitter at Extra Siege, that's X-T-R-A-C-E-E-J Oh,
0: you can find me on Instagram at a free for me, at dot braver dot me and uh, yeah, be safe out there guys the world knows not
1: remember to dream, cry, and wash your hands and <laughs>
0: wash your hands <laughs> later, later bros,
1: bros.